this is what uh, we're doing. This is how it goes. This is um, this is forensic spaces. This is- you are in your beautiful, fancy, wonderful downtown Green Bay office. I am inside of my bathtub. Twenty twenty, y'all. Never doubt my commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> Well, seeing as you are currently crouching inside of a tub, um, I say we just, we get right into it and we talk about today's topic and we'll try to make today's episode a short one so that you- I'm comfy. I'm not going to lie. This isn't the only time I sit in my bathtub. Normally I'm crying in the shower. So this is like a normal position for me. Just, it's just not not the closed part. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm hungry, so how about we'll we'll make it short for me then, since Perfect. since you're apparently fine where you are. I'm chill, man. You're good. <laughs> so, uh, if listeners haven't figured it out, this is our first remote interview podcast of the season uh, because we've run out of the ones we recorded in person, and there's just not time for that right now. Right. So this week we are talking about something that I'm actually really excited to talk about because I have been keeping this uh, inside, these thoughts inside for so many years. How many years, Kurt? Well, like five or six years because I, well, so this week we're talking about scholarships and the Hints Award for Coaching Excellence. Yes. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the fact that people should be applying for these awards. And also my thoughts as somebody who has been on the committee that's chosen these recipients four different times. And as someone who has won a Hints Award. Right. I don't know that that gives me any uh, insight. If you want to win a Hints Award, start a podcast. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) And run for president. Because apparently you that's all it takes. <laughs> but uh, you hear that, I... John <laughs> No, because he doesn't listen. Because he doesn't listen. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he's not getting this golden advice. Um, somebody's going to tell him we shouted him out on the podcast. I don't care. Then he'll listen. Maybe Give me that. we'll take that listen. We Give will. me that download. We'll take that subscribe. Um, so, yeah, I've been holding these thoughts in because I, I first uh, was on the committee when I ran it as the past president, because it's the past president's job to run the committee and be on it. And then once you win the Hints Award, you're on it for the next three years. Yep. So that's four years over the course of like five or six years that I've been on it, including the last three consecutively. This is the first year I'm not a part of it. And uh, I get to talk about what I've thought about these scholarship applications the whole time. Um and it is both uh, non-spoilery, like I'm not, I'm not giving anything away because I'm not judging these anymore. Yeah. But also that makes it kind of useless advice because I'm not judging these anymore. <laughs> Isn't that what our whole podcast is about? <laughs> kind of useless advice. Yeah. <laughs> Forensic spaces, colon, <laughs> kind of useless advice. So oh, the self-deprecation is real. Before I launch into it, what are your thoughts on scholarships? You've had some kids apply. You've had some kids get them. Um, as a coach and as a former competitor, what's your perspective? Um, I I don't believe that I applied my senior year because I knew I wouldn't win one because the people who were graduating with my class uh, 
were much more talented and qualified for that money than I was, Same. which is fine. I graduated with Stephanie Yachman. Who won? Because I went and looked. And you Venus can see the Cooper. List of all the winners. Yeah. And and just so everyone knows, neither could or I are on it. Uh, I I love that we as an organization do it. It's a really cool thing that we're able to provide to our students. And for me, I love when we are at the state tournament and there's always one or two kids who are up there who are not kids. I necessarily am all like some of those are names you're hearing every single tournament, every single award ceremony, always running their categories, always poning the noobs. But there's always like a kid up there who you can tell is just so enthusiastic about the activity and is committed to what it's done for them and getting to hear, oh, the part where we read the coach recommendation letters and you make fun of me every year because I'm always off to the side of that stage, just crying so intensely. I just love that it's a format where we ask students to just tell us what they love about forensics. And then I get to write a recommendation letter that talks about why I love my student and their commitment to forensics. Yeah. But I have never been on the committee and I'm still at a place in my life where I do not want to be a hints winner. So I'm not on the committee, but I've helped write, I think I've done eight scholarship letters for the WFCA scholarship specifically in the 12 years I've coached. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not going to, try to tell people what the requirements are for the scholarship this year um, or for nominating the hints person, go to the WFCA website, wfcaforensics.org, look at the actual rules. Um, advice number one, make sure you follow the rules because yeah. um, I know that there are students who have not been considered for the scholarship because they didn't include all of the pieces of the application, which at least in years past, and I'm pretty sure this year as well, includes the application itself where you answer some questions, mm-hmm. the uh, personal essay, yep. a letter of recommendation from a coach, and then you need a letter of recommendation from somebody who is not your forensics coach. Yep. Um, another adult. So make sure that all of those elements are included, guys. Um, and they are supposed to be in sealed envelopes, so technically the the letter writer is to be able to say whatever they want without you actually seeing it. Um, I am sure that most writers of letters of recommendation give a copy to the kid anyway. Yeah. And that can really be one of the great joys. Um, I do remember I did not take my scholarship application that seriously because again, Stephanie Ackman was right there and what are they going to do? Give it to me over her. Um, but I remember after reading what my coach Jay Johnson wrote about me, I wished I had taken it more seriously. Cause I was like, Oh my God, Aww. I was like, maybe I would have had a shot even though Stephanie Ackman, but it's Stephanie Ackman. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just make sure everything is included scholarship applicants. Um, and those are due soon. Yes. February 15th. February 15th. So yeah, this episode is going to come out on February 11th. If you haven't thought about it, you don't have a lot of time, but give it some time and attention. If you are a forensic student, as Melissa said, you don't have to be somebody who's up on stage winning nope. every week. That That's not really important. Um, I Speaking from a coaching perspective, many of my 
most memorable students are not ones who were instantly good at forensics, but they are people who worked hard at forensics and who put in the time and the energy and they did the team building and they worked with other kids and they had a good time and they made sure other people were having a good time. And those are the kids you remember. Those are the ones you're really excited to write recommendations for. Yeah. Query. I was going to say, even though it's February 15th is a due date, I just want to point out compared to other scholarships that you have to do, the WFCA scholarship is so easy to fill out because they have the entire form set there and done. The difficult parts are those two recommendation letters and writing your essay, which let's be real, four days is a long time to write an essay for some of you. And it just has to be postmarked by the 15th. Right. So you just got to get your butt to the post office on, on Valentine's Day. Right. Well, and in years past, they've even accepted it if, if the date lands on a weekend. They've accepted yeah. it like the following Monday or whatever, especially if if you reach out and communicate. The yeah. WFCA people are not unreasonable. Yeah, um, we're pretty good communicators. Yeah. I was going to ask you, though, Melissa, have you ever been asked to write a letter of recommendation for one of your students and declined? Not for the WFCA scholarship. For other scholarships, yes. But I've never denied a WFCA one. I have denied a student who wanted me to write one about, that was like a service scholarship, uh, which I had no experience of what their service outside of forensics was like. And so I declined that one, but I've never declined a, a WFCA one. I've had, I've written, <laughs> maybe that's a bad thing to say, but I've had times where a student has come to me and been like, I'm going to fill out the scholarship for the WFCA. And I'm like, okay, um, well, let's talk about why you think that you are going to win and why you deserve it above other people. And they're like, well, my mom just told me I had to apply for all the scholarships. So I've got to do this one too. See, and but, those are the kids I've said no to. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually I, I'm able to explain it very clearly with the criteria. Like it, the criteria says it's looking for somebody who is, you know, devoted to forensics and who has been a, a team builder within their own team. And, you know, like there are some kids like that who like are just like applying for everything where it's like, well, yeah. no, like you don't meet the requirements for this one. I'm mm-hmm. not going to. And I'm that was gonna, only one instance. I'm not going to waste my time or your time. Yeah. With with having to do all of this rigmarole when you don't meet the requirements as laid out on the page. Like go, yeah. go apply for the scholarships where you have a chance, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, many, many people have a chance. Yes. And if you think that your chance is dependent on how you performed in forensics, that is You're incorrect. Um, only your coach will be able to know if you have given enough to the activity to be worthy of applying for that scholarship. And Mm -hmm. that's a conversation you can have with them. Yeah. Um, So here's some advice that I have gathered as I've been thinking about it throughout the day uh, for things that I think still make a big difference when people are reading these scholarship applications. And this is one of those areas where I can't speak for other scholarship applications, but I think in the world of forensics, Grammar still matters. And so I think I, I know for a fact that in schools I have worked in, I have talked to English teachers who have explained their philosophy that grammar is not as important as ideas. And so mm-hmm. they don't spend as much time in English classes as they did when I was in school focusing on grammar and word choice and syntax and all of those things that I got as part of a basic 
you know, high school English class lesson that they, yeah. they have moved on and they now talk much more about uh, forming ideas and embracing and communicating ideas. That being said, this is one of those scholarships where like run it past somebody who's a good proofer, a good copy mm-hmm. editor, because I, again, I can speak mostly for myself, but also in conversation with other people who've been on this committee, it is a real turnoff when you want to award somebody a scholarship for being a good communicator and the writing is poor. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those, those areas where I think the writing, the craft of writing still matters. Um, another thing to avoid, and I think this is universal, I was surprised at how many people repeated information that was in the questionnaire portion in their yeah. personal essay. Like the questionnaire is there so we can kind of get some like facts and figures about like how long have you been in forensics? What did you compete in? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Don't dedicate a lot of time in your essay to regurgitating what you've already told us in the questionnaire. If it's pertinent to what you're saying in your essay that you did special occasion in your sophomore year, certainly mention that briefly. Yeah, but don't waste word count on it. Yeah, but we don't need to, to understand in both the questionnaire and in your essay what you did all four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's quite noticeable filler and it's unnecessary. Um, you know, the essay question for several years, and I believe it still is, um, this I should probably check. Maybe, you know, Melissa, but the essay question has been the same for several years and it has been basically what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting in forensics? Yeah. I mean, this, it's listed on our website as WSC scholarship application, 2011, 2012, <laughs> So it has been there. So, it's not, so it hasn't changed. So that essay yeah. question. Um, and here's the thing that I often got this sense that those young people were sort of approaching it as a hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to talk to somebody new on your team, what would you tell them about forensics? And if it's hypothetical, I don't think you should be getting this scholarship. Yeah. If you as a senior in high school on the forensics team have never approached a new member and given them advice, I don't know that this is for you. Yeah. And the thing is, I think what happened for a lot of those kids is they did try to think of it in like a high minded, high, like highly conceptual way. When really I would recommend draw from your real life. Mm-hmm. The stories that were most powerful in those personal essays were the ones that you could tell were real. The students who didn't say, if I were to talk to a new person, they were the ones who said, you know, when my friend John joined the forensics team his freshman year and I was a junior, we had this conversation. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a question that should be easy to answer because it should be something you've already done. Yeah. You should have already been promoting forensics to those young people. You should have already been giving them the benefit of your experience and advice. And so just remember what it is you've told them and then share that with us. Yeah. Um, or a lot of times, at least I know in, in my cases, since we ha- set up the buddy system on our team, if you have had, if you've got a buddy that like a sort of a protege will say, go up to them and say, hey, what do you think is the best piece of advice that I have given you in your time during during forensics. And sometimes they might provide a joke answer, but a lot of times they'll just give you the straight out flat answer and then go from there. 
Yeah, I agree. That, that would be a great way to go about it. Um, I have two more things that I want to bring up. The first thing is a joke thing, kind okay. of. And the second thing is like my my big picture take on these scholarship applications. The first thing, as I have told you many times, and I cannot believe that nobody figured this out considering how much you and I talk about Drag Race on this podcast, is the fact that if any student at any point in time while I was judging those essays had written that they possessed charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, I would have immediately given them my first place ranking. I remember you telling me this. I don't remember what tournament we were at, but you were going through applications and I was asking you like what you were looking for in them. And you just said that exact response. (laughs) I was like, if any kid figures it out that like Kurt is on this committee and includes charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, you're done. They get my one. I mean, I still have to rank the rest of them, so I'm not done. Yeah. It's a it's a ranking, unfortunately, and you have to rank them all the way down. So much work. All the way through six. But I can't believe nobody ever figured that out. Would have no, been would have been such an easy way to like really hike up your score. Well, how about <laughs> this? If I and I shouldn't say if, when someone forces me to be a hints winner and I read the scholarships, that will also work for me. And that will prove you've listened to the podcast. It's true. Or if you bring up the podcast in your scholarship essay, done deal. Oh, see, this is some real life advice, kids. Pay attention. (laughs) Kind of unhelpful. (laughs) Kind of unhelpful advice. (laughs) Um, This is the one last thing I wanted to say about the scholarships. And it's not so much advice as it is just me explaining how I have ranked kids for all these years. My criteria when I was reading both the applications, the the essays, the personal essays, and the recommendations, primarily from the coaches, but also looking at the second recommendation, I was looking for people that were describing future coaches. Mm -hmm. And so there were some very impressive applicants and candidates who received high scores from other um, one, some of the other people who were on the committee. And I completely understand why they thought that that person was deserving because they were, because the truth is almost everybody who applies is deserving of the scholarships. Yeah. It's just that we only have so many to give out. But my criteria was, I want to see somebody who makes it seem like they're not only going to go off and succeed in their own life, but then they're also going to give back to the community that has given them so much. Yeah. And so there were some highly successful forensicators who talked at length about what they wanted to do with their life after forensics, and it in no way had anything to do with forensics. And I'm not saying I gave them low scores, Yeah. but it definitely stuck in my mind as like a, you know, this kid's going to go off and do amazing things, and, and I support that, and I think that's great. But m- what I looked for was the kid who's going to go off, do great things, and then make sure that they give back. Mm-hmm. The ones who talked about peer coaching, the ones who talked about how they were looking forward to judging for their team, the ones who talked about uh, how the culture of forensics was so important to them and they hoped to be able to foster that somewhere else at some point in time. The kids yeah. who talked about being teachers so that they could be forensics coaches. Mm-hmm. Like those things were really, to me, inspiring and they got the edge when it came to my judging. Again, is this useful for any of you? No, because I don't read them anymore. But 
if you're stumped, take this as a writing prompt. This is an ideation exercise with your scholarship friends, Kurt and Melissa. There you go. So I just want to point out, I only ever won one scholarship my uh, senior year of high school. And it was the uh, debate scholarship. And that's because I was the only active senior on the debate team. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Um, (laughs) So that's all I have to say about scholarships. Do you have anything to add about scholarships? Um, I want to remind students and if you're someone who's filling out a lot of scholarships i'm hoping you've done this already but make sure that when you are asking a coach or another adult to write a recommendation letter for you make sure that they know what your accolades are like exactly if you if they need to be touching on them but also i always ask them i always want to have a discussion like okay so what what is the direction of of your essay what did you talk about so that i can try to be along that same theme, but other times I just know exactly what I'm going to write. And then I sit and I've said this before, I have never made it through writing a recommendation letter for a student and not cried. Oh yeah. You're doing it wrong. If you're not crying. Yeah. Yeah. But make sure that when you're asking someone to do a favor for you, especially if you're someone who's listening to this podcast now and are trying to get it done in the next four days, that you are going up to the adults that you are asking to do you a favor and coming at them with one grace and two preparation. Yeah. Yeah. It does help us as uh, letter writers to be able to see the rest of your application mm-hmm. in general, because it also then lists your other school activities, which we may, yep. may spark something in us like, Oh yeah, they did that other thing. And I, that reminds me of something I want to talk about. So mm-hmm. it's always helpful to know what else is, what else is going on. Um, yeah. And then the William Hintz Award for Coaching Excellence. The Hints. The Hints. We give this out but once a year and for the individual but once a lifetime. Yeah, but unless it's a year where two people get it. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> there can be a tie. The Hallowed Hints Award. So here's the thing about the hints. Tell me. As someone who has received it and mm-hmm. still feels incredibly honored to have received it. I do know that to a certain degree, it's like Joe Biden in the 2020 election. It's name recognition. You get in front of a lot of people. You have your name on a lot of emails. You show up in social media. You remember enough people's names. Eventually, you're going to win one of these things. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that doesn't mean, to me, the, to me, the honor of the Hints Award is the nomination. Yeah. And the fact that one of your peers took the time to recognize the work that you do and to send in and write something uh, in support of the work that you have put in. That, to me, is the, is the real honor. And then, you know, everybody votes. And if you get the plaque, that's really, really nice and surreal. And if you're truly lucky, the person who won it before you is Elliot Fisher. And he says some amazingly nice things that you can no longer remember because you were freaking out. But I remember them being very nice. Yeah. And I I also remember that you literally had your phone in your hands and you weren't recording it. Because I was too busy crying because one I knew going into the award ceremony that you were going to get it and I had to keep that secret from you and then two I was sobbing 
So what I heard is I, you knew it was going to happen and you still didn't record it. And I still didn't record it. You're correct. I let you down. I'm so sorry. But to be fair, <laughs> yeah. I also didn't record the moment where Tom Harden kissed Rademacher on the head. So I failed multiple people in my life. I don't really believe that apology. <laughs> I'm going to look directly into this. I'm sitting in my bathtub on a towel because the floor of the bathtub was wet. I want you to know how genuine this moment is and how earnest it is. I am so sorry that I did not record the speech nor your acceptance for when you won the William Hintz Award for Coaching Excellence. And I don't remember what year it was. Hold up. I bet I can look it up. A while you back. won. You won it in 2016. That's what I was going to guess. Also, one of my favorite things about the Hintz Award is that when Kroll won it, his award said Ben with two N's. <laughs> It's also, um, yeah. Ben is also the only recipient of the Founders Award for Coaching Excellence. Yep, yep. technically, Because we yep. very briefly changed the name. Very, and went right back. Very briefly. Um, but, but that's a story I, for another day. Yeah, things I love about the Hints Award. I love that we give it out at the state tournament in front of our students. Because it's one of the, we are a coaching association, but it's really the only time that we demand the attention of our students to recognize a coach. Two, I love that because all of the coaches are there, we sort of get to cheer on our peers and we get to enjoy that moment with them in front of the entirety of our association. And that we do get to have this example of speech coaches giving speeches. Yeah. I just always like that. It makes my heart warm. Again, I, have, oh, I cry every year. And that would be my advice to the nominees. Even if you are 100% certain you're not going to get it, prepare something because you might end up getting it. Oops. <laughs> Bring a note card. Yeah. Like just be prepared. It might happen. Even if you think it's not going to happen, it might, you yeah. never know. Weirder things have happened. Truly. So, all right. I'm really happy that I finally got to get a lot of that off of my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, how was forensics this weekend? You actually took like a long, a, a long, uh, trip to Eau Claire. It's true. I, we made our first trek up to Eau Claire to come try it out after years of talking about how we wanted to go up there and do it. So I, I took five students up and we did the Eau Claire North tournament and it was lovely. I'm very excited to go to state up in Eau Claire because there's so much to do and there's so many cool places to eat. And uh, the campus layout of North is buck wild. It's massive. And it made no sense to me. But then I did the thing that smart people do where you look at the map um, and then it made sense to me. Crazy. Yeah. But uh, it, it was it was fun. I, I, I got to judge, which I always love doing and seeing kids who I'd don't normally see at all on the circuit. And it's, it's a sort it's a different, it's a chiller vibe. Like the vibe of that tournament overall was just calmer. And, and you noticed it from the second you walked in, cause it's, it's a smaller tournament, first of all, 
but two, all the people compete against each other mostly all of the time. So mm. they, they don't necessarily, they're not all like jittery, like some other tournaments feel. So the second I walked in, I was like, dang, this is casual. This is chill. And then my students pointed out that I made them all look overdressed because even their style of dress up there is more casual. Well, so, but that's fine. But it was, it was great. I had a lovely time with Scott and, and with Cole here, Cole, this is your shout out. If you listen to my podcast, which I doubt you do. (laughs) Uh, And I'm excited to do a state up there. I think that it's going to be great. I'm really glad that we're doing it because they do have a really abundant and continuously growing program up or like programs up there. It's a really great spot that has been kind of neglected by us as an association for a while. So I'm excited for us to all go up there. And at least for me, it was a beautiful, wonderful, easy drive. So, and it wasn't that bad. Everyone's like, it's six hours. It was four, just under. Oh, well, down. from where you were. From where I was. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nice and easy. And yeah, I'm excited to go up there for state. Great. So I hope other people are excited too. And if you're someone who has questions about literally anything, the second I told Scott Peterson that I was coming to their tournament, he had restaurant recommendations. He told me that I picked a good hotel because of its location and like all of these things. So if you have any questions or any concerns about that, reach out to Scott and Cole because they they are great ambassadors for their tournament and they're going to be amazing site directors. Excellent. Uh, do you want to say what your favorite thing you saw this weekend was? One of my favorite things I saw was walking. We got a tour of the UW Eau Claire campus from my former student, Lauren, because uh, my student Jackson is going there next year. And uh, just getting to see like, because she used to actually give tours on campus when she first started there as one of her early like volunteer jobs and getting to watch the forensicator in her as she was giving us the tour was so good. Like watching her like sweeping arm gestures and everything. Oh, I was at one moment I just grabbed her on the arm. I was like, I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> that's great. That's a good moment. Yeah. So All that's right. the best thing I saw this week. Well, thank you for sitting in your bathtub uh, and making Can't wait this to do it work. again next weekend. <laughs> it should be good. Uh, thank you to everybody who was patient in uh, letting us get this episode out a day late. Uh, it was just too snowy up here for me to have to go into my office to record. So yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Yep, and I was too cozy. Well, but you you get to record at home. I'm just I if I had thought ahead, I could have lugged all this stuff home with me, and I could have done it from yeah. there. But Nah, why nah. why have this office if I'm not going to use it? Exactly. So, all right. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And uh, next week is Kakana. Kakana. Hashtag Best Shutters Lounge. Yes, I'm really excited. And I will be there. So I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll see you on Saturday. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Forensics Faces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at forensicsfaces.com. You can also find links to all our social media accounts and online merch store by visiting forensicsfaces.com. I'm Kurt, encouraging you to listen Think and speak, preferably in that order. Mm-hmm.